Hello and welcome back to another Raven Hill Roundup. Today, it, just me for the majority. Um, sorry that this is going to be late into the week coming out, coming up the Christmas, you know, jobs and, and uni and things like that. Uh, we're going to be a bit sort of all about the place and it might take a bit longer into the week for episodes just up until Christmas afterwards after all the chaos is sort of settled um should be should be back to normal uploading sort of start of the week uh, hopefully Wednesday or before is when I like to try and get it out um but enough about that uh we'll get into the podcast remember to like share and follow us We are on Instagram, that's the main social, and you'll get the news of the podcast on there. Then we are on SoundCloud, which is the most up-to-date and sort of the highlights of the season uh, go on to there. We are also on Spotify and Amazon Music. So, we're everywhere, you know, so you can get in touch with us on the Instagram and listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify or Amazon Music. This week uh, was not the best of week, so let's get stuck right into the game. So this week seen Ulster take on Leinster at the RDS Arena with Leinster winning the game 38-29. Now, I'm sure I'm not going to be the first to say this, and probably won't be the last. It was a disappointing game for Ulster. I could not wrap my head around it whenever it was happening. Complete domination of scoring anyway in the first half. Um, you had you know how many tries? One, two, you had three tries in the first half from Ulster back the back, and the second half you know. Uh, Leinster were just all over Ulster and they ended up getting the three tries back to back plus uh, no sorry they didn't get three they got four tries back to back um, so even worse than what I was saying which is unfortunate uh, and I'm sure that this isn't a big surprise but uh, I think that that's Ulster away from the top spot now this Leinster team is very very dominant and I cannot see them dropping points anywhere else maybe the South African teams can do it um, and if we can beat them and be- we basically would need to win uh, every other game to finish top so it's down to the, the postseason matches to try and win the league really for us now um, that being said the first half was was very good um, it, you know, back play again, which is something that we only really started to see last game. Um, you were having uh the backs getting a fair amount uh, into the game, which I thought was good, and and coming back in the that sort of liveliness. Uh, and it's good to see that Ulster are they're not just relying on the forwards, which I think we were sort of doing at the start of the season. Now we're we're pushing on and um, using the whole team and utilising the skills that we have in that back line where it's probably fallen apart 
uh, in my opinion, is the fitness. We had a lot of people out for international, and yes, they have had that game back, and Leinster also had people out, but it, it's different for every person. I think that that's where you're sort of seeing maybe that fitness because you're you're away. There's such a difficult place to go and perform. If you don't have that top top fitness, you're going to fall apart. And I think that that's what happened in the second half. These lads weren't ready to come in the game like that after a two week break or a week and a half break, whatever it was. Um, and go fill out for eighty minutes. I don't think that that was going to happen. Uh, I did didn't think that after getting them tries in the first half, we were going to slip like that and uh, let Leinster completely dominate the second half especially whenever they got a red card um, and still managed to beat us that red card happened in the 20th minute and you've seen the immediate effect whenever you had our three tries happening in just under 15 minutes in the first half um, and that was straight after that red card. And obviously Linster went into the dressing room at half time. And had that talk. And uh, are making up for that, the lesser man. Um, no questions on the red card. You know, it's a red card playing by the book. And it certainly helped us out. Either way. you know. Uh, but I think that whenever you see that second half performance. You just. You feel a bit drained. And well done to Sam Carter though. For getting the late try. Uh, no, it's uh, somewhat of a, a consolation. But it did get bonus point. Which is nice. A leading bonus point. So we're able to keep that up. And uh, not take just no points from the match. Which is great. I think that where we started the slip. Was whenever we gave away the yellow cards. Um. You had James Hume in the 59th minute just being clumsy and uh, that leaves the space. And then you had uh, Nick Timoney getting a yellow card in the 62nd which really brings you uh, back and sets you back. You know, you're two men down for uh, that period of time because they, they did go together because uh, it was such a short, short period and you've you seen... The effects of that whenever uh, Linster then are able to control possession and, and get the tempo to where they want it. And by the time that they they came back on, Linster were scoring their tries and and uh, really dominating the match. And I think that that's probably the biggest downfall was them two yellow cards. Even if they were a wee bit further apart, it might have been as bad for us but because they were so close together I think that it just completely threw the team and it, it's something that you wouldn't expect from them players you know it, it was silly to do and and they shouldn't have uh, they shouldn't have been in that position to get a card whenever they're that experienced and, and they have been you know uh, James Hume and, and Nick Tominy have been good players for us this season and and it's a shame that in what is the biggest game of the season 
up to date really. Uh, they essentially throw it away for us whenever it comes to the the teamwork of it and I think that that also plays into the factor of fitness you know you're not only making up for one person being off you're having to make up for two people being off now yes the first one's level night so it's 14 men against 14 men but that second one comes 13 men is not a lot on the pitch whenever you think about your passing plays and, and going for space you know you're having to work so much harder for the game um however i will say some some good points the forwards were good in the first half um they were physical and once again set pieces were decent i wouldn't say that they're fantastic and you know done all all this stuff but they they did do well uh and i think that our front row once again performing well um you know tom stewart has been really really good this season i think he was probably one of the players that got affected late on. I uh, don't think that he could have he could have hacked uh, the speed that we were going at the start anymore. Whenever it comes the backline, I think that that's where you can see work needs done. Um, because we don't utilize them enough. I think that they're. Not that they're rusty, but they just need more playing. And we need to get the ball so that they're comfortable for these kind of games. Because we do not use our backline enough whenever you look at the class. Um, but, at, you know, it wasn't a bad performance, really. I think the Leinster just shone and, and were up for the occasion. And uh, we weren't. Because I wouldn't say... I wouldn't point someone out and go, you had a bad performance i think that it the whole team just wasn't up the the standard that was needed today uh or this week even um the whole time hopefully uh next week going in the european matches we'll find that bit of fight and um really chew what we're worth and come back and uh just forget about this game and focus on the cup really now that you've heard my opinions, uh, have a wee clip from Lewis, um, giving his thoughts on on the match and where he thinks we can improve and who who shone in the match. So I'll let you have a wee listen now. It was a really tough loss to take, to be honest. Probably the toughest loss since last season against the Stormers in the semi-final. And just the pure fact that you thought Ulster had the game wrapped up. You know, at 22 points to three, you think the game's over. Leinster scored just before half-time to make it 22-10. Even then, you think Ulster are well in control here. We can definitely go on to win this. But unfortunately, Leinster did what they do. They found a way. They gained control, gained a bit of momentum. And, you know, that, that was the telling point in the end. But I was really impressed with how Ulster started in the game. They had a really strong start. They didn't get, they didn't let Leinster get a foothold in the game, which was really impressive. They really didn't look themselves, Leinster, in the first half. You could tell there was just something off about them. And, you know, that Haley red card, it, it really changed everything. And it, for me, it was completely deserved. You know, head on head, there was no mitigation. It was a dangerous, dangerous tackle. And... Yeah, I, for me, it was 100% a red card. I know there's a bit of debate about it there. And Ulster scored some really good tries. 
after he got sent off. Obviously, a really good mall try from Herring. Ulster just doing what they do best, going through the mall and Rob Herring finding a way through. Treadwell's try was good as well. Had a bit of a mismatch against Ross Byrne, but you know, you know that's what they're there for. That's that's how you can sort of get one over on Leinster. And then the best try of the night for me, even including the Leinster tries, was Ethan McElroy's. You know, a great turnover. They were really quick to get the ball out to find the space. You know, I think it was Jack Conan out wide was just unable to get across and and catch the first runner and. You know, Ethan McElroy does well to hold his line and run straight over the line. So, so yeah, that was something that I thought was really impressive. But that Leinster try just before half-time, I think that made a huge difference to how they came out in the second half. You know, they looked motivated. They looked like they, they had it in them that they could do this. They could turn this around. And, you know, that's exactly what they done. Ulster just completely fell apart for me. I don't... I think it was a bit of a mix between... Ulster falling apart and Leinster coming out absolutely fired up in the second half. Um, I didn't really know how to take it, whether it was more Ulster was poor than Leinster good or the other way around. To be honest, I just think it was a, a complete mix of both. The two yellow cards obviously didn't help. James Hume and Nick Timoney both going off for 10 minutes and the times they came at as well overlapping. So at one point Ulster actually being down to 13 men and a man down on the pitch. You know, that, that was a big blow. And you could just see as Leinster started to gain momentum, you seen them getting better and better as the half went along. Um, the replacements helped. The likes of Sheenan, Porter, Man of the Match and Tag Furlong, they all made a huge difference when they came on. But as well for me, Ulster losing John Cooney and Ian Henderson as well. That I think that was a massive blow and that sucked a little bit of the momentum out. But realistically, with the replacements Ulster have, they really shouldn't be falling apart the way they did, and that's probably the first time we've seen it from them, from them this season. I think for me, the back three particularly had quite a poor night. You know, their kicking was quite poor, and when you kick loosely to that Leinster back three, you're going to put yourself in a lot of trouble. And I ended up getting them into a lot of pressure situations, and you know, you can't you can't be putting yourself in them against Leinster. I don't think their kicking in the first half was particularly good either, but they got away with it because of how well they were playing. And, you know, Leinster were just able to turn that around in the second half. And for Leinster, I thought Gary Ringrose was class. I th- he was really, really impressive. I don't think Ulster should have let themselves be done twice on the inside from a step. You know, if, for anyone who's watched Gary Ringrose, you know that's something he's really cap- capable of, stepping off that left or right foot. So Ulster probably should have been ready for that a little bit better. But, you know, it was absolutely class play from him. And I don't think Stuart Moore looked particularly comfortable on the wing. You know, that's that's his first time ever playing on the wing. And you could tell he wasn't particularly comfortable. A bit of his positioning was off when Leinster were kicking to him. Dragged into touch a couple of times, you know. I just don't think that's a position for him. He's done so well filling at fullback. He's played brilliantly in the centre. But possibly a bit of a failed experiment from Dan McFarland there. But for me, the biggest worry for Ulster at the moment is their discipline. You know... It's gone way, way downhill as the season's gone on. They had no cards in the first six rounds of the URC. Then all of a sudden, they get a yellow in round seven against Munster. They had two yellows last week against Zebra, and then another two yellow cards again this week. And, you know, 
they get away with it against the likes of Zebra because you know it's a bit of a, a bit poor opposition and they're already ahead and you you can get away with it. You can't get away with that against the big dogs. You cannot get away with it like playing against the likes of Leinster, Munster, any of the South African sides as well. You're going to put yourself under pressure and you're going to put yourself in a lot of trouble. And especially coming into Europe now this week, they're going to put themselves into a lot of trouble if they don't sort their discipline out. If you're going to win big games against the big teams, you need to keep all 15 players on the pitch. And I'm sure that's something they'll be working on in training this week and, you know, something they're going to need to work on going into the Sale game and La Rochelle the following week. I think the only good to come from this game is the losing bonus point that they managed to get at the end of the game. And, you know, when you look at it, it's actually a quite good result to come away from the RDS with a losing bonus point but when you look at the game and how it went and you know what Ulster expect of themselves now they'll be really disappointed they will not be happy at all with the losing bonus point but you know at least it keeps the points ticking over they didn't leave with absolutely nothing but I think for me one thing we have learned is that Ulster are still not over this sort of idea of throwing games away and it's happened so many times in the past you know I, I can think as far back to the 2018 quarter final against Leinster you've had so many since then you had the home game against Toulouse that put them out of the Champions Cup you had uh, the semi-final against Stormers last season so that it's just something that Ulster are going to have to get over I feel like the quality of the players is there, the mindset's there partially, but they just need to get over that hurdle and get to the next stage. And the next stage for them really now is a trophy. So, you know, it's it's something that I'm sure they're going to work on as the season progresses, but it's definitely something they're going to have to get over sooner rather than later. Now, Ulster did give us an injury update coming up for this weekend's European Champions Cup game against Sale. That game is on Sunday at 1pm and you can watch it on BT Sports. The injury update simply says that John Cooney, Ian Henderson and Tom Stewart are all going through the return to play protocols ahead of the game and their fitness will be assessed going through the week. For me, I would say John Cooney is probably ruled out of this game completely. I don't see how you can play a week later after being completely knocked out against Leinster there. Um, but fingers crossed we'll see Tom or Ian Henderson getting into the side. Going to have a quick chat on sale because I'm sure a lot of fans don't know too much about them, obviously not being in our league. So Seal Sharks play in the English Premiership where they currently sit second behind Saracens. Saracens are the only team they have lost to this season. They won their last game 25-20 against the Bristol Bears. And Ulster have actually never played Seal in a competitive fixture. And, you know, you'll recognise some of their names. They have some huge players and huge English internationals, including Tom Curry and his brother, George Ford and Manu Tualangi as well. So, you know, this is going to be a really, really tough test for Ulster. For me, they're going to have to go in with the mindset that they need to be better than they were against Leinster last week. They can't kick loosely to seal. They can't fall away like they did in the second half against Leinster and their discipline has got to be better. And, you know, only then really will they give themselves a chance of winning this game. And it's a huge start, you know, with still to play La Rochelle twice after after next week, who are obviously last season's champions. So 
this is it's really important that Ulster get a result here. They need to win this game to get themselves off to the best possible start to give themselves a chance of progressing and hopefully getting that home last 16 tie. Um, obviously, we know playing at home would make a huge, huge difference. So, fingers crossed they can get the ball rolling with five points, which is what I'm predicting. I'm predicting a bonus point win against Sale this weekend. And I think it's going to be Ulster 36, Sale 18. And unfortunately, Jamie, I did get my win prediction correct for last week. So, fingers crossed I can do the same for this week. We do also have a bit of international rugby news for you as well, starting off with the fact that Wayne Pivak is no longer the Wales head coach after he's been replaced by former Wales and Lions coach Warren Gatland. Wales were beaten by Australia and Georgia in the November internationals in a really, really poor performance from them. And Gatland is Wales' most successful and longest-serving coach, having won three Grand Slams during his previous reign. For me, I think probably the right appointment for Wales. They're not in a good place internationally. They're definitely not in a good place club-wise. They're performing very poorly in the URC. And I think this is a really good appointment to try and get them back on track, back where Welsh rugby sort of should be. And the other big news that is now broken is that Eddie Jones has also been sacked by England. And that's after seven years in charge. And it's Leicester head coach Steve Borthwick who looks set to be named as his replacement. England were beaten by South Africa and Argentina in November and also drew with New Zealand. So another really poor um, sort of international period for England. And they'll be hoping that this change will make a huge difference for them coming up to the World Cup as well. For me, I think it's a little bit premature coming up to the World Cup. I would probably have liked to see them have a new coach in place a little bit earlier or otherwise stick with them through the Six Nations and see what happens from there. However, I can definitely see their point of view, you know, after being in charge for seven years. Um, I don't think it's for a lack of trying. I just think the players probably need something new and a new mindset in, around the camp. So... I would say that's probably a good appointment from England. Just going to have a quick look at the URC table now. Ulster have slipped to fourth after their defeat against Leinster. They sit fourth on 31 points. Above them is the Stormers on 34, the Bulls on 34 and Leinster on 43. The Bulls and Leinster have played a game extra than Ulster and the Stormers, so Ulster will look to capitalise on that, particularly against the Bulls, to try and overtake them in the table. Munster have managed to find their way back up to 8th. They are now on 22 points after a really, really poor start to the season from them. And Benetton have actually dropped to 12th after a great start to the season from them. They've had a bit of a slump after the international period, so they are now down to 12th on 19 points. But that is all from me this week. Thank you very much for listening. And we're that professional, I'm going to say it. Jamie, back to you in the studio. Back to me in the studio, boys. Hi, professionals. He getting some really good points made by Lewis there. Uh, to be fair, uh, one thing that he picked up on that I thought was actually quite good was the the Ulster letting go games, and I think that it's it's a really good point and and needs brought up. Uh, you've seen it the previous seasons it happens a lot, and then this season uh you've seen it the the big games that that we need were not 
We're not performing how we need to be and maybe it's a case they're playing the occasion and, and not um, not just playing the game and, and doing their best and, and doing what they can do. Since Lewis brought up uh, the next game, we'll have a wee talk and on the look forward. So, uh, this week we will be playing in the cup. So, we'll be playing in the cup. So, we have seal. And as Lewis was saying there, um, Seal are in the English League. They were playing against Bristol Bears um, and had quite a close game. But besides from that, uh, they've played matches so far in their season, uh, sitting second in their table, having only lost two matches. So it's not uh, a weak side by any stretch of the matter that we're coming up against and as Lewis was saying this is the first time that uh, Ulster and Seal have met in a competitive uh, situation now I think that it's a game that Ulster have to win you know we also have La Rochelle in in the group and that's going to be such a difficult game because of how well uh, they were doing in, in their season and uh, how they're doing at the minute um, and the the seal game has to be that tempo sent setter for the next game uh, coming up against La Rochelle because really that's going to dictate if we progress and, and get the home uh, advantage in the knockouts so Hopefully Ulster can go out and be strong and really just control the game uh, and push for the win and hopefully a bonus point. Um, I haven't really seen enough of Sale to really give a full full in-depth look onto them uh, like we have done with the teams in the league because we're watching them week in week out anyway. The other teams don't really get the see Sale but whenever you look at how competitive that English league is and how well they're doing um, it, it'll be no surprise that that it's going to be a hard game and you might see Ulster struggle a bit uh, especially whenever you see how we performed in the second half of of the Leinster match whenever you had people start to come off and, and even though we should have that big uh, that big force that can come on because we do not like our bench is solid our team is solid um, but for some reason whenever we, we make subs they, they don't have the impact that you need and um, so hopefully we can go out with that full team get the early lead and just dictate the game and, and play how we want to play um, it is a way as well, which which will uh potentially dampen 
um, dominant because I would imagine that the Seal fans are going to be so up for this match, especially after seeing uh, Leinster come out in that second half and, and dominate us. Um, so that, that's another good point for it. If we can win against Seal, it's a way we do have La Rochelle at home uh, is the next game. So having that, that win bonus and getting the morale back up from after Leinster to then go uh, back to the, the Keemspan and play La Rochelle, I think that that's going to be the best situation for that game is the forget about this week's result go into the sale game hopefully dominate uh, possession and points and get a solid solid win to then go into the really tough match of La Rochelle uh, the week after time to look elsewhere in the league now you had uh, no real surprises this week uh, I think it was a pretty easy easy week of matches the only one that you were really sort of paying attention to if you're uh, a neutral was the Leinster Ulster game uh, so we'll get stuck right in uh, we had the Sharks versus Osprey finishing 25-10 to the Sharks something that I, I would have expected uh, going in this week and um pretty a fairly even match I would say um it wasn't until the dying minutes uh that the sharks then had picked up the pace and and got two tries uh within the last four minutes um the the take the win so it's not uh it's not a dominant display by them but it's something that you you could have potentially seen uh, happening. I probably wouldn't have expected it to be that close. They go down to that late. But the Sharks showing their class and, and their stamina as, as the they normally do in in these uh, home games. And they, they got the comfortable win. You also had Edinburgh versus Munster. Munster finally getting... Back on the pace and getting a thirty-eight to seventeen win uh, away as well. Um, you know, you're you're not going to say any different. Munster were going to win that game. Um, Edinburgh have been making making good changes and starting the the play fairly well. I will say, um, and they came out and got two tries uh, within. 13 minutes um, really just setting them up but Munster just finding that extra extra bit in them and just dominating sort of towards the end of the second half and then in the second half it was all, all Munster and um, and they really really pushed and got back into the fight I think that uh, if Edinburgh potentially uh, done their conversions um, because they had three tries, but only made one of the conversions. Maybe if they got them conversions, um, could it give them a a little boost? Probably not. But it's what you expect from from Munster. You would expect them to win that match. You also had uh, Stormers 
versus the Dragons. Another fairly close game. Uh, the Stormers winning at home uh, 34-26. As we know, Stormers very hard place to go and fair play to the Dragons for getting that close to them and, and scoring that many points. Um, once again, it, it was a first half game for the Stormers. Maybe it's the climatization. Dragons weren't used to it, and they go overran. But that entire first half was all stormers, and in fact, they got all of their tries in that first half, only getting uh two penalties. In the second half, it was all about that first half for them, and dragons did sort of start to get into it. They got a late try in in the first half, um then gave them that boost to, to go in the second half but I think that the yellow card for them um, just slowed them down a little bit they did still get two tries after and and uh, from really well worked play I, I was actually surprised by their handling and, and how well they done it just if they were able to come out and I think on on in different uh, circumstances and, and definitely a different climate they were they would be all over that game and, and they potentially could have uh, got a few points out of it. Looking towards the bottom of the table, we had Glasgow Warriors versus Zebra, uh, with Glasgow Warriors winning 45-17, something you would have expected, potentially not that score. I know I wouldn't have thought uh, Glasgow with how how they have been playing, they they get forty five points. I mean, fair play to them. They they really dominated that match, and I know it's Zebra, but it's a big step for for Glasgow, um, who now see themselves uh, getting really close to the the top half of the table. They have a game in hand of uh Munster, uh Cardiff and Edinburgh. So if they win that game in hand, they're actually up the sixth, which is really impressive. Uh, especially whenever you've seen where they were the the past couple of seasons, it's great to see that they're moving back up and and really pushing. I think another good couple of wins for them, and they have potential to to stay in that top half and and do a good job. Another team making a resurgence. Uh, Connaught. They played Benetton. At the sports ground. Uh, convincing 38-19 win. For Connaught on that one. Um, once again. It was just. It was them. The whole time. Connaught just really. Playing their game. At home. And giving the supporters what they want. They're, you see how they control. The game because. They were always in a position for a try, and most of the time they got that try. Um, Bennett and also getting a red card, um, sort of halfway through the second half, didn't help them either. And you seen that effect of it because then it came to Connell, uh, getting two tries, one straight after the red card, so capitalizing straight away. And then in the 80th minute, another try to seal out and uh, and get the get the bonus point 
uh, secured after that uh, red card. Properly dominant display happened in South Africa once again with the Bulls uh, demolishing Cardiff 45-9. Like I've been saying, no surprise, you would expect the Bulls uh, to come out fighting and fighting they did complete an utter domination against Cardiff. Cardiff only getting uh, penalty points. Nowhere near the touch. I mean, there's a couple of times that they, they were coming in, but they didn't look a threat. And it's probably similar to um, the Dragons. They probably just weren't used to the, that climate. And uh, they, you know, they don't have the best team in the world. And, and they do need um a bit of luck on their side and and luck just wasn't on their side today unfortunately um but they are they are still performing uh, in the league and and they're showing that their their rebuild is is working and i think that in the grand scheme of things it's probably a small setback for them i don't think that they were expecting the come away with any sort of surprise wins and and uh, do do really well in, in South Africa um, but I don't think that they could have seen not a bad but sort of not a threatening display I think that's the best way to put it uh, against the Bulls and lastly we've seen the Lions versus Scarlets with the Lions winning 32-15 um Really, it was actually a really good game. Um, enjoyed watching it, and uh, the only thing I would say is potentially a bit of discipline on both sides, uh, coming through, showing that it's not fully there. The first half was once again dominated by the Lions. I think it's a trend you've seen this week. Um, teams dominating in the first or the second, and and that getting them. Uh, the win in in most cases and I think that whenever it comes to the South African teams they you see them come out in that first half and, and dominating and setting the tempo and that's what happened with the Lions um, at the Emirates Park um, they came out in the first half and, and dominated it until uh, they got their yellow card and then you sort of seen the Scarlets start the the turn on a wee bit more um besides getting the yellow card themselves and um even with a second yellow card in the second half the lions still managed to get a try so you could see the scarlets were starting to get back in the fight and, and scored a couple of tries but they just could not keep up with uh the lions this week I know that Lewis has already talked a wee, a wee touch about the table. Um, but saying we're going into the European Cup matches. I think that we'll have a wee, wee rundown. Um, the table is going to change. No doubt. There's a lot of teams that still have games to play. And some that are caught up. Um, so what there should have been played is nine games. Um, at the top of the table you can see... That, that effect um, Leinster unbeaten um, so far 9 games from 9 um, 
total them 43 points, something you would expect from from Leinster this season and uh, basically all seasons. I mean, Leinster are a very, very good team and it's unfortunate that they're the ones that really stop us um, being from Ireland as well. Um, below them you have the Bills, who are 7-2. and two. So, not a poor record by any stretch of the mile. Um, sitting on 34 points. They are drawn with the Stormers uh, here. Um, six wins, one draw, one loss. It's the bonus points having them uh, joint in that second place for the moment as they do have the game in hand. Uh, they've only played eight so far. Um, which is the same case for the best team out of this whole table in my opinion uh, he also have a game in hand and as Ulster were sitting in fourth at the minute solid points difference to be fair we'll have a 80 points difference you know we've won six of our matches and lost two and, and that game in hand I, I do see us winning um, we're currently on 31 points so getting that win will take us the second when it comes uh, granted that the Stormers don't also win their game in hand, which you probably could see happening. Below us is the Lions, here 5-3. and three. Um, they, They're getting by, is, is how I would put it. Um, quite close in their matches, they are on 24 points. So there's a big gap in that top of the table, um, the top four, uh, and the rest of the table. You know, we're sitting seven points ahead of fifth. And then it gets tight in, in the next three. And then Leinster nine points ahead uh, at this point. So you can start to see who potentially is going to be the the big performers of the league at this stage. And you, you've seen it previously, but I think that's really taking shape now. Even with the games in hand. Back to the set set of games, you have the next three. Um, Edinburgh, who are four and five, so a negative at the minute. Um, they're sitting on 23 points as the bonus points that are helping them. And their score difference, which is surprisingly 61. Whenever you look at the points that they have, for them to the, have a points difference of that is very, very good. They're having really good wins, but... Uh, tight losses and you can see them potentially rising a bit further than where they are to be honest if if they can get a good streak going below them is Cardiff who are 5 and 4 so they're positive but they are below Edinburgh from the bonus point um, they're on 22 they're currently drawn on points at the minute with Munster here below them Munster having a really good comeback at the minute and I can see them just jump above a couple of teams uh, after Europe uh, you know another couple of weeks um, probably by the end of January I could see them sort of probably floating I would say they'll be steadily fifth potentially floating close to, to the top four if they keep this trend up and keep getting big wins they can definitely do it Going in the lower half of the table, you have the Glasgow Warriors. Uh, they're 4-4. Four and four. So, 4 wins, 4 losses. They're sitting on 20 points. And it, it is a really tight table. Um, 
because you have below them you have the sharks here on 19 points as well as Connet uh Benetton here also on 19 points um Connet I could see them going up a wee bit I think that they haven't had the best of starts um you'll definitely see the sharks go up because they have two games in hand um one in hand of some but there there's two games in hand of what uh, game week we are at the minute and you could definitely see them them winning them and even without the bonus points you know they're going to go to 27 uh, points so they'll be at least 6th in that case um, if they can win their two games in hand and then build upon that uh, Connacht you know they didn't have the best to start they will, they're starting to crawl up now and, and I can definitely see them getting in that top half. I uh, don't think that they'll be challenging for, you know, sort of the top spots because of how poor the start was for them. Um, but they're they're starting to get there. Bennett and you would expect them to sort of be sitting mid the lower table. Um, but surprising that they are on the same same points but they do have their nine games played. Um, next to them and unlucky 13th is Dragons they're 3-6 and six, and no surprise really there they haven't been playing at their best and they've been getting pipped at the post especially in the in the latter stages of matches they haven't had that full fight for the whole 80 minutes and I think that if they can improve on that and keep consistent they could go up um, but at the minute, I, I think it's not where they would want to be, but um, still a decent enough spot for this point in the season for them. In 14th, you have Osprey, not doing good. Not where they would expect to be. You know, they're only on 14 points and have one win. That is not the Osprey that you think of. Uh, you know, obviously you don't see them like right at the top, but you do see them you think of them doing decent and causing a few upsets uh, during the league and this is not where they'll want to be. Same with Scarlets. Scarlets haven't had a good start at all. They have one win and they're nine points. You know, failing to get them bonus points is, is a real hit to them and uh, they need to kick up that gear and and really find some fight in them to try and push up and uh, try and get the playoffs. Which, uh, with the standard of rugby that we've been seeing, they're not. I don't see it happening. Um, whenever there's hardly any draws, and it is just win or loss, really. Unsurprisingly, bottom of the table, with no wins and four points, is Zebra. That's that's all I really have to say about that. A minus, a uh, hundred and seventy-four points difference. So fair play, you know, it's, it's fair play to them. They, they're actually, uh, I don't even know how you would say, Linster on a hundred and sixty-one point difference, and uh, Parma on minus a hundred and seventy-four. So, you know, it, it definitely shows the class difference there, doesn't it? But ultimately, this is a really tight table for where we are in the season. You can see so many teams uh, are going to go up and down 
throughout the rest of the season and it's going to be really hard to predict your top eight your top half of the table and and who's gonna go in i think that once we see these games in hand played uh, if they can try and do them sort of this early uh second part of the season it'll be great but potentially not um but i think once you see them start to fill out it's going to be really good and and I think you're going to start to see your table shape up. But I am really excited for what the rest of the season holds. Whenever you have a look at that table and see how little points are in between such massive gaps. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for uh, listening to us throughout the weeks and our random babbling. Um, apologies again for this going out late. Um, hopefully, you know will probably be the European matches that uh, we're going to be sort of trying to throw it out um, before before we're back to normal and normal scheduling. Um, do try to get them out on the Wednesdays and, and we will try to once again um, just be patient with us, please. Because we do really enjoy doing this and we enjoy the conversations that we'll have um, with you you know we've had Adam on a couple of times and if you want to get on as well send us a message on Instagram even if you just want uh, a question asked or you want to send us a voice clip we'll stick it in if you want to just send us a message uh, with a point that you have from the game then go ahead and do that Uh, it's really exciting for what's going to happen with Ulster over the next two weeks in European Cups um, and I, I really look forward to it so remember to follow us on Instagram and listen to us across all of the platforms we, we want to become the dominant uh, sport fan channel who, who cares about the other ones uh, this is Ravenhill Roundup you know we're going to be the top and that's going to happen with with your involvement um because at the end of the day this channel is about you so give us a listen on soundcloud spotify and amazon music and thank you very much for listening i will see you later